Ahead of him, barely visible in the dark shadows, Nephi could distinguish the shape of a fallen man. As Nephi approached, he could tell that this was the wicked Laban, who was lying in a drunken stupor on the ground. Laban had been drinking with some Jewish elders. Nephi noticed that Laban was dressed in his military attire, with his extraordinary sword lashed to his side. Nephi reached down and disarmed Laban. He withdrew the sword from its sheath. Then Nephi heard the familiar voice of the Spirit speaking to his mind. To Nephi's astonishment, the Lord commanded Nephi to kill Laban. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon. And we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we're so pleased that you would join us today. Andrew, what what was happening here? We know the story. Uh, Laban's laying there drunk. And he comes across him. But, uh, yeah, it's after that that it gets a little uh, shady. <laughs> well, you, you think about it. God could have caused Laban to uh, die from a sudden heart attack. Yeah. He could have caused Laban to fall down some stairs and break his stiff neck. (laughs) (laughs) He could have. But that is not the way God works. In answer to Nephi's prayer, God delivered Laban into his hands. God wanted Nephi to own this challenge. God wanted this to be the supreme test of uh, Nephi's willingness to obey. Before Nephi had said, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. And he made that commitment very seriously. He was willing to do whatever God told him to do. Well, those were words. Now (laughs) now came the real actions. It's kind of like uh, Abraham and Isaac, except he he actually had to do it. He did this. Absolutely. (laughs) Those words and that commitment were about to be put to the ultimate test. And I think as you and I... Nephi hesitated. In fact, it says, Never at any time have I shed the blood of a man. And he later recounted, I shrunk and would that I might not slay him. That's in 1 Nephi chapter 4, verse 10. But again, the voice spoke to Nephi and said, Kill him. Yeah, that would be awful <laughs> to have to do that. And you think about what had happened in the last few weeks prior to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you remember, Nephi's brother Laman had previously gone to Laban's home to see if he would give him the plates. But Laban refused to give him the plates and chased him out, threatened his life. And so he ran back into the desert to his brothers. And they said, well, let's try another method. Let's go and give him all of the treasure that we have. We left it all at home. Let's go and get that and go and give it to him. Buy the brass plates. (laughs) Yeah, and see if they could buy them. That's right. And so they took the all of the treasures that they had, everything they had of worldly wealth, and tried to trade Laban so that he would give them the plates. Yeah. But again, not only did he refuse to give them, but he he chased Nephi and and uh, tried to kill him. Uh, probably stole all his all his stuff. I mean, so he's a thief. He's a yeah. bad guy. But yeah. does he deserve to be killed? And and now Nephi had nothing left to barter with. I'm sure that Nephi realized that. This was the only way he was ever going to end up with those plates. Yeah. And so even though he was a peace-loving man, the third time the voice spoke to him and said, Nephi, slay him, for the Lord hath delivered him into thy hands. That's in First Nephi chapter 4, verse 12. 
Nephi was faithful and did as he had committed to keeping the commandments of the Lord. He faithfully obeyed. He grabbed Laban by the hair of the head, raised Laban's powerful sword, and chopped Laban's head off. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to be gross, but that's got to be messy. I'm thinking that probably the uh, clothes that Laban was wearing was probably armor, so it was metal. Oh, okay. and it was yeah, uh, easier to clean up than if it would have been cloth. Yeah, um, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that, but I did notice that, and um, I was looking at Walter Rain's painting of oh, yeah. of that, and yeah. uh, he had armor on him, and I thought, oh, that makes a little more sense. A little more sense. Now, reading between the lines, was Nephi justified in killing Laban? Nephi had just murdered a defenseless man. Haven't we been given a commandment that uh, that simply stated, "Thou shalt not kill"? Mm-hmm. Who gave that commandment? Uh, God, Jesus, God. Jehovah. That's right, Jehovah. And as such, Jehovah was the only one who could withdraw it, who could change it, or could yeah. go in contradiction to it. Well, and I, I guess I would say you're not really justified in killing anyone unless God tells you to. So, and then when or, God tells you to, then he's the one that has the, the authority to do that. Yeah. Um, this act to end Laban's earthly life was not just permission to kill Laban. It was a commandment Yeah. that God gave to Nephi, and Nephi obeyed. Yeah. Why do you think Nephi chose to retell or, and, and engrave this story in its horrific details, on the small plates of Nephi. Why wouldn't he change the story, make it a little more palatable? Well, I think Nephi, in writing it out the way he did, he wanted us to know exactly the truth. He wanted us to know that he hadn't done something on his own. He hadn't just decided, I'm going to kill this guy. Right. He was doing what God had commanded him, and it was probably a difficult thing for him to do. He says, I never I never done anything like this. And he said, but I listened to that spirit and I obeyed it. And he felt justified in doing that because he had done what God commanded him to do. Right. Reading between the lines again, this was a pivotal moment in Nephi's history. This was his personal trial by fire. Yeah. His life would be forever changed. At that very moment, Nephi had set his determined course of unquestionable discipleship for eternity. And he was not ashamed of his decision. Yeah, that makes sense. And so he recorded it exactly as it happened, without any flowering to make it more palatable for us to read. He recorded it exactly as it happened. Nephi was obedient to Heavenly Father's wishes. Yeah, that's that's cool. And, you know, I always used to think that prophets or these apostles or great men um, were great because they had all these wonderful, amazing experiences that made them great. <laughs> right. But, well, it might be true, but I, I also, I think it's more than that. I think they have these amazing experiences because they listen to the Spirit and they obey. And so then they have, and I'm not saying cutting off someone's head would be a wonderful experience, but, but because he obeys, he has experiences. Like he was able to go into the city on his own without knowing what he was going to do, yeah, because right. he let, was led by the Spirit. If that's he right. didn't listen to the Spirit, he wouldn't have been led there. And being led by the Spirit was what got him there. So he, he he needed to continue to follow that same Spirit that had led him there. And the blessings come after the trial of your trial. faith. Yeah, exactly. So And talk about a trial of faith. <laughs> Major trial. <laughs> yeah. I, I, once he had done that, he could probably go through all those other trials because that was... That was the paramount trial. Yeah. 
I'm glad I've never put, been put in that situation, but you and me both. I don't think I, I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't know. know. It would, it would take tremendous faith. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope your testimony of the Book of Mormon has been strengthened. Next time, we'll talk about the two separate records that Nephi was commanded to make. Why was he commanded to make two sets of the plates? Until then, enjoy your reading.